0: You know, um, I'm so I'm David. Um, I uh, I'm currently a pastor of a church plant, and this is a church plant that we are we've started for about six months now, and it's uh, we've been meeting in my uh, my garage, <laughs> and so it's quite random to be in a little townhouse's uh, garage, and there's about twelve of us uh, that we um, that meet every Friday and, and Sunday, and so uh, but it's been special. It's kind of like you know, I used to work on my car, so you, there's like oil stains everywhere, random nuts and bolts, you know. Sometimes my wife asks me, what is it? Are you, are, is it okay? There's a nut on the ground, you know? Is it supposed to be on the ground? Ah, I don't worry about it, you know. Um, but, um, yeah, so we've been doing this for about six months now. Before this, I was a pastor at a uh, Chinese church called uh, Chinese Church in Christ in the North Valley. And so I was there for about uh, 15 years, and I was working with uh, adults and actually with, with uh, teens as well. So, um, so you know, grateful for that experience. Um, uh, I'm married. Actually, my wife and I just celebrated our 16th um, anniversary, and um, we have two daughters. One is 20. One, no, I'm uh, we We. we we, so my oldest is uh, 13, and uh, this, the next one down is um, seven, seven. No, six, she's turning seven in, in a couple of weeks. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's that's me. Um, oh, and I also, to sort of like, uh, support ourselves financially, so I started a uh, counseling and coaching practice. and um, And so we actually kind of more, of focus more on couples, and just, you know, couples and sort of the, the relationship issues. And so, um, uh, yeah, and it turns out I think we know a lot of the same people. I think when you live in the Bay Area, especially South Bay, you're, you know, statistically speaking, if you're Asian and Christian, that world gets smaller and smaller, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, um. Can, can I get to know you a little bit? Like, so uh, who here is in high school? Oh, okay. What high school do you guys go to? Like Saratoga. Oh, Saratoga. Okay. Uh, how about you guys? Okay. Lindbrook. Lindbrook. Oh, okay. So you guys aren't that far from here. Um, nice. And and then anyone in college? Anyone just just living? You know. So you guys. Are, you guys are all from uh, so Mountain View, and then. And then, uh, uh, how about the rest of you? What city do you guys live in? Saratoga. Saratoga. Oh, okay. So not too far from here as well. And then, so all you guys are from Saratoga. Oh, okay. Sort of. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, while well, I was driving here. I was like, wow, oh, these are. I forgot how nice the houses are, especially <laughs> in this area. Um, so. This is like I think '96, '97. I worked part time at a church just around around the street called Serpukhov Federated, and um, and uh, and so this is this is kind of a similar commute I was doing in, in the mornings. And so, um, but yeah, um, I recognize this. This is Awana, right? This is for Awana. Ah, oh, yeah, we our church was uh, Chinese church in Awana. No, I'm just kidding. The Chinese church in Christ and. Uh, and uh, yeah, so this is very familiar. Although, your high ceiling is awesome, because our ceiling was really low, so these poor kids that couldn't throw balls that high, you know, and, uh, and so. Anyways, um, so that is me, um, and uh, hopefully we can get a chance to, to mingle and, and connect some more after. But, uh, but um, so let me, let me start with a very uh, kind of um, opening question. And uh, it'd be great to hear your thoughts on this question, and then we'll we'll go right into uh, the text and and, uh, and why we're looking at this text today. So, um, what is one app uh, on your phone you can't live without? Right? What is one one app that you can't can't live without? Right? Um, anyone? What is one app? I'll I'll say for me, okay, is my Google Maps. You know, like, uh, when it's down or slow, or that's kind of uh, glitchy of the Android, uh, the poor man's Android, you know. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it can get glitchy, right? Now, I'm not one of those people, do you know anyone that's like this? Like, Just to go down the street, like around the corner, they'll still put in a GPS. You know, you guys know people like that? Um, So, luckily, I'm not like that, but it does help a lot. I think more about just timing things, right? Um, I don't know about you, but uh, it's much, much better. I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but there was a time that people, while they're driving, would bust out their paper maps. And these paper maps are like, I don't know, 20 feet by 20, I don't know, right? And then you would uh, would have the hardest time refolding it. I don't know if any of you ever had those issues. But it's crazy that people used to drive and look at that map. Um, I don't know if any of you did that, if any of you were old enough to drive uh, with the map, but um, yeah, so talk about like, can you strike? So it's not even the smartphone is any better, but uh, that was then, so. print uh, yeah, out the directions. Or oh, print out on the map Oh yeah, that is true. And then you like, look at, you know, then you, then you reset your, uh, your, uh, your your miles reader, right? And then just it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yahoo Maps, right? Um, so how about you? Anyone? What what is like one app you can't live without? Reminders. Reminders. Oh, which which uh, which app do you use for reminders? I don't know one that is the default uh, one. for Android or Apple? Uh, Apple. Oh, uh, okay. Do you have that synced with other people? No. No reminder, you know, yeah, take, like the night before like when to do this assignment do that assignment and then also an ongoing one, like when to take this vitamin yeah. and this medication. Yeah. Isn't that the best feeling though when you go through at the end of the day? Check, check, check. <sighs> right. Um, yeah, that's um, I, I like those things too. Uh, what's funny is the couples I work with, one of the things that does help a lot of couples is having a shared reminder list. And uh, some people... Hate that because then they're like, great. Then, uh, then my wife or my husband will always put more for me to do. Usually the wife is more. But anyways, um, how about anyone else? Uh, I can't live about Discord. Discord? Yeah. Oh, it, that's an app. That's an app. Uh, ah, yeah. I thought it was like. I don't even know what Discord is. Is that like the one where like yeah. you watch yeah. someone? Well, have, you, have you ever used Slack? Never used Slack. Okay. Well. Um, it's it's a it's a chatting platform that's oh. definitely really superior than anything else. Superior than anything. Yeah. Wow, superior so it's superior. It originally made for gamers. Ah, oh, okay. Gamers. And yeah. Yeah. now they're, they're like, starting. no more working to focus on other things. No. Oh, okay. So if I start an account and I know nothing about games, you don't, you don't you don't you have to play games. But it's just it's, just, it's a chatting. platform. Oh, okay. Well, I embarrass you. Yeah. by and If I, I start an account and I friend you on Discord, is yeah. that how yeah. it? would you be my friend? Right. Yeah. Okay. Like it just combines everything. You have DMs and stuff. Oh, okay. You're you have the same look that my daughter gives me when I'm like, Oh, oh you you have an Instagram now? Let's be Instagram friends. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah, sure. Um, alright. Anyone yeah, else? about one or two more? What what, what, what what which one can't you live without? What's that? YouTube. YouTube. Oh. <laughs> so we're scroll down your YouTube playlist. I mean your uh, newsfeed. What kind of videos would we see? Roblox. Um, I only really just look at like the recent stuff. The recent stuff. Yeah. Um uh, well, like trending stuff. Trending. Okay. <laughs> Cookie Swirlsy. You guys know who Cookie Swirlsy is? No, that's that's for my younger guys. My uh, our newsfeed looks really awkward. I can show you. If I had access to it, I'll show you. When you go to my YouTube newsfeed. My wife, we use the same account, my wife, my two daughters, and myself. So you'll see like, Michael Jordan videos, 80s music videos, right? And then you see Roblox, you know, uh, or you'll see all these brand- or princesses dancing, um, or ballerinas, and then you see my wife's so like, she's into the, she was into the hip hop scene in the, from the early 90s, so you'll see all these like, six year old <laughs> hip hop people, but. Uh, Well, the reason why I start with that is, you know, the passage that we are going to look at, we're going to see how uh, this wealthy young man, wealthy but accomplished young man, has an interaction with Jesus. Now, unfortunately, what we see in this interaction is he walks away from this interaction, and the, the, the text will say, you know, he walked away sad. Right? Now, sad isn't actually the best translation. It's, it's more like he is devastated. Or he's brokenhearted. broken okay, brokenhearted. Or, or he's even just, uh, just, he's just floored. You know, that kind of devastation. Kind of like, I don't know, for those of you who, who have gone through this, it's like trying to get into your, your, your top college and all the things match, right, with what it takes to get in and then you realize you didn't get it. That kind of devastation. Or maybe you're about to, you're taking a test, and then you realize you studied the wrong chapter. That ever happen to anyone? Yeah, that kind of devastation, right? Or um, when you're playing Among Us, and you thought your friend was your friend, but they were the one that killed you, right? Do people still play Among Us? You should, yeah. <laughs> or is it sus? No. Am I saying that right? Am I saying have that right? That's sus? Yeah. That's sus. How sus? But I can say sussy. That's really sussy. No? 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 Okay. All right. Sussy. That's a... Uh, so this this rich young ruler walks away from his interaction with Jesus feeling sussy. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. But although sussy is probably a sus, is, 2020, right? um, so, you know, he walks away just devastated, right? And I think it's good for us to look at, because there will be times, if you haven't had them done yet, you'll have interactions with Jesus. You're going to have, whether you go to church on a Sunday, whether you, you go to fellowship, or whether you're just even reading the Bible on your own. Or whether you are just listening to worship music, or you're just moseying on with your day-to-day life, there will be times God's going inter- to you'll have an interaction with God, and then what you will find is in those interactions, He's going to want you to give up something, or maybe He may want you to let something go, or maybe He'll want you to make a change. And, uh, and so looking at this passage is great because then we can kind of look at what's going on in the situation that he walks away sad. And, uh, and understand why at times those moments come up for you, you may feel devastated. But to understand why, why would he tell you to make this change? You know, why would he tell you to, to change career? Why would he tell you to let go of that relationship? Or those friendships? Why would he tell you to move? Why would he tell you to, you know, be open to maybe what your parents are wanting you to do when it's totally different from what you want to do? Or, this is more for if you're older, or, you know, to consider, you know, what he wants that might be contrary to what your parents want, right? There will be times when you will, you're going to have an interaction with God, and you're going to find it's going to create a, a moment of crisis, because it's going to require you to give something up or to let something go. And, uh, and so the question is, you know, when we, when we finish today, how can you look at it and walk away, unlike the rich young ruler, instead of being devastated, but having clarity and having understanding and, and being able to see what he's offering is so much better. And to offer, to, to, to give something up is... It's like, it's nothing, right? It's nothing. So, um, if, you're, if you have your Bibles, we'll, we'll kind of go in and out of uh, this passage. And I just realized. Um, my <laughs> away sad, right? Here we see that in verse um, 22, it's actually in the ESV, this is a better translation, actually, I would say, for this text. Um, he's dis- disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful. great possessions. Now, why why does he walk away disheartened, right? Why does he walk away sorrowful? Why does he walk away devastated? Well, uh, Let's let's take a look at. Um, for now, I'd say two, but there's a lot of. I would say there's a lot of uh, false assumptions that this guy has that we can see and that we can analyze in uh, in this passage. So the first false assumption that he has is in uh, verse uh, verse 17. You know, the man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, "Good teacher." Right? He says, good teacher. That's the first false assumption that we want to look at. Now, why is this a false assumption? Right? Like what is wrong with calling Jesus good teacher? Well, is Jesus a good teacher? Yes. Right? He's like, you know, even to today's standards, he's radical, if you really think about it. You know, he he, he upends the establishments. Right, and he's you know he's he's provocative, right, and and he's a quite a showman if you think about it, right, you know like eh, we're gonna talk about uh, you know living and dying. Uh, I'm gonna raise some, I'm gonna bring someone back to life, like you know like can you imagine listening to a TED speaker, TED talk speaker, <laughs> something like that, right? Or um, there's a lot of people that are hungry. Eh, I'm gonna make some bread and you know teach you that. I'm And so, it's quite amazing, you know. Jesus is a good teacher. But here's the thing. Is he more than a good teacher? Yes. He is. It's like, there's no comparison from him being a good teacher to who he really is, which is what? He is our Lord. He is our God. He's a God. Right? Now, why is that important? Why is that important to understand? Why this is a important uh, and, and I would say devastating false assumption to have, even for less. us today, right? Because I think the temptation that we have today is to approach Jesus and His teaching as good teaching, right? Now, what is wrong with that, right? Well, let's let's look at a couple of things, ways, right? Um, if you consider like today. Maybe you have a favorite teacher at school. Maybe you had a favorite professor, right? Or maybe you you enjoy listening to a good TED Talk speaker, right? Like Simon, uh, uh, Simon, Sink, You guys, you guys, know who that is? Um, he's he's popular, right? It's like is it Jordan Peters Peterson, that guy, Tony Robbins, and you know all those you know keynote speakers with TED Talks. You guys ever watch TED Talks? Yeah. Okay, um, and so he, you know, like, what is the difference between, you know, if we were to interact with Jesus as a great TED Talk speaker or a great motivational speaker, he has like, you know, you know, like Jesus would have all these motivational videos, like he's talking, in background music or something, you know, like, you know, this uh, brand or you know, kind of would be, would be showcased, right? Now, what, why is that like? Why is there something wrong with that? Well, first of all, we enjoy those good speakers. Why? Because they help us get what we want to be happy. Right? They help give us what we need to feel secure. They help us get better. Wouldn't you say? They help us achieve certain things that we want that would make us feel good, right? That's why we like them. But see, here's here's the issue. It's about what they do so we can get what we want. And in a sense, we decide what is best for ourselves. We decide how we will feel secure. And we will decide how we will be happy. Right? Now, is there an element of that that's important? Yes, yes, for sure. Right? For sure. Right? But to interact with Jesus... He's not a good teacher. He's not just a good teacher. He is what? He is. He is security. Right? He is our joy. He is light. He's the, you know, He's the one that gives us what we need. He enables us to have status. Right? He's the one that Provides safety, so you see the difference. So one is saying, "What I, what this person does for me, so I can get what I want, so I can have security, happiness, uh, satisfaction, fulfillment, right?" But the, the, but to interact from from a speaker or a good teacher to Jesus is saying, "He is." My sense of fulfillment. He is, and that we see in this passage, right? You know, he says um, in verse um, in verse uh, twenty-one, and in the second part, and you will have treasure in heaven. So he's saying here is, I'm your treasure, right? I'm your treasure, and so when she's, you know. You know, that's the first false assumption that he has. And I think a lot of us would have that same false assumption. That if we do this or have that, if we could get a speaker or, or, uh, or this, this uh, teacher, you know, or even a certain thing to help us have treasure on earth, then we'll be satisfied. What Jesus is saying. But what we see in this passage is Jesus is our treasure, right? Um, this also reflects. A lot of who this guy sees as treasure, treasure, or what he sees as treasure, right? Which, which we, you know, he alludes to later on, right? If, if he saw Jesus as his treasure, he wouldn't call Jesus great teacher. Do you remember there was a passage in, uh, I think it was Luke, is it Luke 5, right? Where Peter goes fishing, comes back, and then Jesus says, Hey, why don't you uh, toss your net over here, right? And Peter's like he's, he's like so tired; he's been working all night. And then it was interesting, you know, if, if I remember correctly, one part that Peter says, "Master, we've been working all night, but you say so." Notice Peter didn't say "good teacher"; he said "master," right? And that reflects the way he sees Jesus. He's my master. He has authority over me so I'll do whatever he wants because he's my master. I'm not the master. He, I, you know. And then uh, he does that, and then remember, he catches all his fish. That it was so overwhelming that even like almost sank one of the boats, remember, and then tore the, the nets, remember? And he comes back to Jesus and he's like, Lord, he's like, my, my Lord, I am this, remember? And so you see, that interaction between the two, if you compare and contrast, Peter saw Jesus as his treasure. Right? And he saw who Jesus was, and he knew who Jesus was, and that reflected on the way he interacts with Jesus, if that makes sense. So here, we see that this coming of good teacher reflects on how he sees Jesus. That Jesus is not the treasure, but Jesus can teach him to get him the treasure that he thinks would be treasure, when in reality, that treasure is not treasure. I I think of this, right, I remember uh, when I was a kid, uh, I remember I grew up in Alameda Valley and so uh, uh, my dad was a a mechanic and he was one of those guys that like would just bring home cars uh, that were like, that that should have been dead but he brings it back to life. Now the cool part about my dad was he didn't care for the aesthetics, he just cared more about getting the engine working again. So that's really impressive, right? But back then, uh, you know, especially living in Almaden Valley, where uh, people would get dropped off in, like, uh, like BMWs was the baseline, <laughs> right? You know, like, uh, a three series was, was, was the baseline. And then, like, but for the most part, a lot of, you know, some of, I had a friend that would get dropped off in a random, like, Ferrari. <laughs> right? Uh, they got a lot of Jaguars, you know, the bends and, and all those cars, right? So that was kind of where I lived, you know? And unfortunately, my dad, now, my, I don't know why, I don't know if your parents are like this, but like this, you know, they have all the money that we need, I mean, especially live in Amazon Valley, but they still, their their mentality is as if they're in the poverty, <laughs> right? Like, they're still living in a refugee camp. My parents, I'm Vietnamese, and so uh, my parents, you know, were refugees. And so, uh, and a lot of that refugee mindset, you know, kind of follows them, even to uh, Hamilton Valley. So, um, you know, in my mm-hmm. guy, like, he drove some janky cars, right? I don't know if you had cars like this, but like, because it's one of those cars where like you turn off the engine and then it'll still be running. Yeah, you guys have those cars? You know? So he'll turn off the engine. I remember one time, like he drove me and my friend somewhere and we turned off the engine and we walked away and the engine was still running. My friends like, you know, your car is still running. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you go more door, it'll it'll, 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 turn off. And the way it'll turn off, I don't know why I used to do this, but it would make a, start vibrating, it'll start shaking, and it'll make a pop sound. And it was a really loud pop, like a gunshot pop. So whenever it would turn off, like gunshot, it would just pop! Everyone would like, duck, like you know, they thought it was like a drive-by in the mountain valley. Um, and then, and then I remember one car we had was so bad. For some reason, he never cared to fix the steering issue, and so he could never turn left. He'd always had to turn, no, 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 I'm sorry, he never turned left. but So he'd always turn right, and then just keep turning right, and right until he go left. And so my friends would be like, you know, my house is, oh, keep you drop me off over there? My house is that way, you know? And then my guy would turn right, like, uh, the house is that way. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, we'll get there, we'll get there. We just need to do some more turning. We'll get there, don't worry. Um, like driving in San Francisco 19th Avenue anyone? anyone? <laughs> um, so uh, that was his car right and uh, it would just make these like loud not sounds when it would just and all the smoke would come out and so that was the car he would drop me off in and I wish I used to be so embarrassed and I used to be so angry at him right and I used to think oh dad you're embarrassing me you know like and so I would have him drop me off at like 7 in the morning, like an hour and a half before school started, just so I wouldn't be seeing it.
1: As an adult,
0: you know, like I'm forty-four, well 20 44 in a couple weeks myself, you know, um, you know I was like, ah, I wish back then my dad's still around, but I wish I interacted with him differently. I wish I would have seen what a treasure he was. But instead I put, I saw my friends and what they thought as treasure. Right? And, and you think about, to compare and contrast, how that interacted with me. My friends were my treasure, what they thought of me was my treasure. So that would bring a lot of anxiety, or a lot of fear, or stress, because of what they think of me. Whereas my dad, who was the treasure, amazing, you can turn anything into that's not working, working. Right? And so you see that false assumption I had about my dad? Has anyone ever had a false assumption about you? Have you, you know, have you anyone ever made a false assumption about you? You know, being a woman, you know, I, I, I've been told that happens a lot, right? Um, and uh, maybe being age, false assumption about who you are just because of your age. Uh, false assumption because your ethnicity, maybe, you know. Like, I, I remember, uh, growing up, I, um uh, it's more funny now. Actually, it was funny then because my friends around were just equally racist, right? But, uh, I remember, i want a view group with this, but I remember people used to go up to me and go, oh, I can't see, I can't see, right? And then, um, luckily, I, you know, my, my friends and I would joke about that, and so we'd go like, oh, now we can see everything, we can see everything, we can look up and down, and all the right, you know, kind of, the, but then you realize that's just a counter racism, right? Which doesn't help. But, you know, it's like, how does that feel, right? I don't know if you ever had that, you know? Or like, oh, you can speak English, right? You know, like, how does that make you feel? Doesn't that feel crummy that someone would have this false assumption about you and belittle your capabilities? Now, how much more do you, how you know, how, but don't we do the same to God? Isn't that the same thing with this rich young ruler through Jesus? He's putting this false assumption to Jesus and, and insulting him, if you think about it. Right? That's insulting. Just like you and I can get insulted when someone uh, has a false assumption about us. So you see, first false assumption that we were looking at here, and there's a lot to unpack there, right? There's even more. But good teacher. And I think a lot of times, we, when we interact with Jesus, when we interact with the gospel, when we interact with the Bible, there are times when he wants us to do some things and we're not comfortable, then the question is, who do you see Jesus as? As a good teacher? Or is he your treasure? Your ultimate treasure? And I think you would interact with those interactions differently. The second thing is, he says, um, you know, uh, the second false uh, assumption that he has here is, In verse 17, uh, what must I do? Right? What must I do? Right? What must I do? This is a major false assumption here. Because the idea is he feels, he thinks he can do certain things a certain way. And be good at doing those things. And because he's good at doing those things, he can get into heaven. Right, he can attain treasure in heaven, right, or attain treasure even on earth by being good. Now, this is a major false assumption, I and mean, let's look at how Jesus interacts with this false assumption. Right, first of all, he goes, in verse uh, eighteen: Why do you call me good? No one is good except God. This is a hyperbole, by the way. So obviously, he's saying only God is good. So he's kind of playing around with his false assumption about a good teacher, right? So he's basically saying, like, why do you even call me a good teacher? Like, do you know, like, what it really means to be good? I'm not just good. I'm great. I'm perfect. I'm everything. I'm your treasure. And then he goes, uh, you know the commandments, right? So now he's kind of talks. So- you gotta love this, right? I mean, it sounds kind of sending, the way Jesus is interacting with him. But at the same time, you can't help but look at, this is like, uh, you know, like, with let's say, doing therapy, right? With doing counseling. You know, a good therapist doesn't just say, what is wrong with you? Why do you keep making that same mistake, right? But they'll process with you. So Jesus is doing that like a great uh, counselor. But he's even doing this as a great emotional surgeon. He's slicing Certain parts of him that are faulty, so he can go to what's underneath the cancer, the cancerous thoughts, the cancerous sin that's causing him to have these false assumptions. So he's doing that, and then he goes, You know the commandments? And so he listens, you know, different commandments. And so it's kind of a setup, right? So the guy says in verse 20, He said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept. Now, that in itself is a false assumption. Because he doesn't fully understand, it's not that God expects, he thinks God expects him to do good enough. Right? When in reality, God demands perfection. Right? If you remember in um, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is uh, um, you know, teaching, you know, he, he, he clarifies what perfection means, even in the commandments. Remember, there's a part where Jesus says, you know, uh, for those of you, you know, you have heard that it says, do not commit adultery, right? So a lot of people were listening, are like, yeah, I don't have any affairs. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. But then Jesus clarifies what perfection means, which is, um, if you look at another woman or man lustfully, then you have committed adultery. So it's like, that's impossible, right? You know? I'm sure there are times when you see someone and you're like, wow, look at the way they flick their hair, you know? It could be a guy, or a girl, okay? Wow. You know? That, you know, and you just sin. Right? You know? Or he says, uh, for those, you know, it's been said to uh do not commit murder, right? So a lot of them are like, yeah, I am not murder anyone, right? That's too scary. Right? And you gotta like chop up the body and hide it. and That's just, that's just too much work, right? Um, you know, and he, but he says, he clarifies what the perfection means, right, which is what if you have hatred in your heart, you have committed murder. So what Jesus is pointing out with the law is it's impossible to be good enough. It's impossible to follow the law and be perfect as God is perfect who demands perfection. Right? Only Jesus is perfect. You know? Uh, I mean, that's crazy to think about, right? Like, you know how someone just irks you? Don't you ever sometimes get that fantasy? You're just like, you're just like, oh my gosh, I, I could just like, just, you know, your neck off, right? And you're like, and then you go, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just had those thoughts, right? Don't worry, if you ever interact with me, I'm not gonna like You know? I'm not gonna talk, I'm not gonna think of those things with anyone in here, okay? You know? But, uh, but that happens, right? right I'm not the only one right you know I know when my wife is. I know when my wife has violent thoughts in her head based on random uh, ideas that I tell her you know sometimes I'm like hey let you buy a boat yeah let's buy a boat and then we'll use it like once every three years you know like it's just an idea of having a boat oh, doesn't that sound so cool and my wife you know I don't know if you men are like this or or any wives are like this or your moms you ever see your mom do this to your dad she does that like polite you know polite smile you know you know like it, it, she goes you know like hey what do you think get a boat what do you think go, yeah yeah Then we can like use the storage too right? and then yeah that would be so awesome and she just goes you know tilts her head you know does it right and then uh, you know, of course, the first couple of years when we were first married, I didn't know what that meant. So I was like, "She thinks that's a great idea, right?" <laughs> and then, uh, and then I buy a boat, and then uh, I wake up uh, with my arms uh, cut off, you know, or I wake up with her standing over me at three in the morning, looking down at me. With it. No, I'm just <laughs> this guy's so violent, <laughs> but um, but you know, you, you know, like, and, and so. Uh, I totally got lost while I'm talking about my wife and the way she smiles at me. Um what's funny is sometimes when I'm working with couples, you know, the husband or the boyfriend will say something like, he thinks it's such a great idea, right? And then the girlfriend or the woman just smiles and she just exactly. looks at right? And then I'm like, wow, she's thinking about her ex-boyfriend right now, <laughs> right? And then I'll be like, oh, I don't think she thinks it's a great idea. And he goes, what? She just she just smiled at me, right? And then I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure, right? And she goes, how did you know? How did you know? And I'm like, come on, I've been married, all right? I've been married like 16 years. I know these interactions. Um, and so, you know, for, for what we're seeing here is, again, you know, he thinks he, he can be good enough, right? You think, he thinks he, he can get in just by being good enough. But he is so wrong in that thinking already. But Jesus doesn't even confront that just yet. Catch how Jesus confronts him with his faulty or false assumption. So he says, um, Teacher, I've kept all this, uh, or all." And he said, Teacher, all these that I've kept from my youth." And then she's looking at him, loved him, and said to him, You lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and follow me. So you see how Jesus confronts this false assumption here? He says, Then if you are perfect, you've done them all, if you really have done it all, don't worry, I'm not going to address your faulty thinking that you think you have done it all, but this, this false illusion that you have, that you have, don't worry about that. But here, I'm going to challenge you. You think you, you, you've done it all and there's a sense of pride, maybe, that he has about it. Now go ahead and give everything away. If, if I, if you place, if you love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, then you can easily just give it all away. But What happens? He, he can't. And that's when he... I think mean, that also adds to why he was brokenhearted. You know, dis- you know disheartened, right? Of like, oh my gosh, I am not that good, actually. That is one thing I can't let go of. So you see how Jesus addresses this? And I think he, he's addressing... You know, a lot of times I think for us, we think, okay, I have to do this... And God will bless me, or I have to do that, then, you know, you're constantly lot of doing, doing, doing. But what Jesus is wanting us to see here is it's about him doing. It's about what Jesus does. It's about how Jesus is perfect. And it's because of his perfection he gives us life. Right? And one thing that we need to let go of is this Notion that we can be good enough—that's what he's trying to teach this rich young ruler, right? But you can be perfect if you come follow me and let my perfection live within you and let it live freely uh, and let it flow out of you. All right. So um, um, let's real quick now look at how Jesus addresses his false assumptions. All right. Number one. He, he says in verse uh, twenty-one, and Jesus, looking at him, you know, Jesus doesn't, doesn't say like that. he's like, oh my gosh, you, oh my gosh, you so arrogant, you, you, you one percent of society, you know, you, you, uh, uh, what, what, what do you call those richie people? Um, you, you're so frou frou, or you're so well, I forgot what the word is, but you know, he doesn't do that, right? You know, he's he doesn't say, ah, oh, he's so arrogant. And Jesus doesn't do, like, what my wife would do to me. Like, he doesn't smile. <laughs> he doesn't smile at her, right? So whenever my wife smiles at me, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no, it's a bad idea, <laughs> right? And sometimes she's, like, genuinely smiling at me. I'm like, why are you smiling at me? She's like, can't I just smile at my husband? I'm like, no. <laughs> There's always a reason behind it. Um... But, uh, you know, here we see that, you know, he, what, what does he do? And Jesus, looking at him, loves him. You know, doesn't that just, think about that for a moment here. Jesus doesn't, like, rebuke him. He doesn't, get it so wrong, right? He doesn't make him feel bad. But what's to start with? He looks at him and loves him again. Right? Uh, I think of this time when I I threw a huge tantrum when I was like 25 no, when I was in 8th grade I, uh, my brother had invited me he's like 10 years older than me and he was like the, the fun, cool older brother and so uh, he had invited me to go to a ski trip with him and his, uh, his fellowship WACF uh, ACF Vegas and so he had invited me to go with him and I was like looking forward to it I've like, never went skiing before, i only seen like in movies where people like, you know, this is before snowboarding, there was skiing, sometimes they're like, it was like sunny and people were just wearing bathing suits or even like the swim trunks and you know, it was so fun, right? And so I was looking so forward to it. My dad, last minute, cancels the trip for me. Doesn't let me go because it was raining and this this, this he was just worried about the weather condition, right? And, um, and I was so angry, you know, I did that, stop being, you know, yes, did anyone still do that? Uh, stop being, you know, Gah! you know, and I started, you know, started like, it's like I started twitching, <laughs> you know, and I was so angry, and I was so mad, I said some pretty harsh stuff, right, but I'll never forget, you know, my mom, you know, like, she, now, my mom's hard, okay, like, it's like the smallest thing she would you know, I'll get in trouble, right? And she would yell at me. Um, uh, but, you know, my mom, she... I remember, she interacted with me. And I remember that look that she had. Like, that look of understanding. And the look of love. A mother's love. Like, he was really looking forward to it. And that's similar. It's similar, but doesn't compare to, so obviously, Jesus' love. Right? Here is Jesus looking at this, this man with false assumptions, who's built his life around false assumptions, and instead of getting angry at him, instead of pointing out all those false assumptions, he looks at him with love, and compassion, and understanding. Right? And uh, maybe for a lot of us, that's hard to imagine. Because maybe we grew up with parents, maybe one or two, that, you know, when they look at you, when you make a mistake... It's not love. You don't feel love. And it's even worse when they say, I do this because I love you, right? <laughs> I say this because I love you. And you're like, I don't want to love that. Um, but maybe for a lot of us, we transfer that over to God, right? You know, that same harshness, that same irrational mindset. And so then, when, you know, it's amazing if you think about it, just to sit there for a moment. God, who is perfect, who demands perfection, is able to look at our false assumptions with love. I think another reason why he looks at this, this rich young ruler with, with love, maybe, maybe, which is the second thing that Jesus said, um, what he, he looks at him with love is because he sees that this man sees the wrong things as treasure. He sees his wealth as treasure. Maybe he sees status that comes along with wealth. Maybe he sees that wealth will promise him security for certain things, but he sees earthly things as treasure. Now don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. like Are like, you know, things of this earth like really nice? Yeah, right? You know? Would it be nice to have a lot of money, and would that give you a sense of security and sense of fulfillment?: Yeah, sure, right. But does it compare to the one that makes money? <laughs> that is generous? But that also knows what's best for us? Does it compare to the one that gives us unlimited amount of satisfaction and fulfillment? It doesn't even compare, right? I, uh, I have a couple, like I have a friend who, um, you know, he... He, uh, he he started his own business, I think, uh, two years ago. And he was really stressed out. He was like, okay, I got to make at least 150, right? So I can get myself established for one year, right? And you're like, wow, that's, that's a pretty big goal just for your first year, you know? And I uh, was yeah, like, pray, can you pray for me? And you're like, yeah, okay. I was like, well, okay, I'll pray, you know? So what's funny is, is this. Halfway into the year, He's already made 200000 but But he's telling me, like, I don't know why, but now I'm even more stressed. I'm like, why? You've made your goal. Like, how can you be more stressed? He goes, now I can't. I keep thinking, I've got to make more now. I, now my next number is two hundred fifty. is my goal. Right? And I, I feel so incomplete if I can't you know and you're just and you know and, and and you're sharing this struggle it's like why why do I feel so unfulfilled or unsatisfied God is looking at my friend without seeing love because he's seeing how this friend of mine sees a certain amount of money as treasure but in reality God sees what that treasure his version of treasure is doing to him and that's where that love is. Look how lost he is. He's just going down that rabbit hole, thinking he'll be satisfied, right? Um, I think of another uh, this person at our the, the trip I was at. You know, she finally gets the big job, right? The job, you know, it's a big company. But then, and her mom, her parents, and Avi knew what was going to happen. Every Sunday, after like the first second month of working at this big company that everyone wants to be at, you know. within like the second month every Sunday it started with a small anxious thought that week after week led to a panic attack every Sunday and I remember you know his parents were so heartbroken because they were like why? we don't even put that pressure on you you don't have to work at this coffee you know why don't you just take a break? it's killing you but she couldn't let go Right? And that love of a parent thats all you know, how, how much was going on for that person is the same love that God sees that other friend of mine. It's like, can't you see what it's doing to you? And that's the love I, I, I suspect that Jesus looked at this rich young ruler. Can't you see what you think is treasure? Look at what it's doing to you. Look at what it's doing to you. The last way that, and we'll close with this, sorry, I'm kind of going over. Um, that he Jesus, uh, addresses this false assumption is is what he tells him to give it, gives it, give it away. Right? Give it away. Think about that, right? Now you think like if you you know want to prove yourself, it's not that. It's what? Give that thing away that's destroying you. Give that thing away that is making you so far from true, everlasting treasure. Give that thing away because it's killing you. Give that thing away because it's giving you a false sense of security that will only last maybe, if you're lucky, 80 years. But then where would it take you when you die? Give that thing away because it's not treasure. Give that thing away because it keeps you a better. Give that thing away because you are even less satisfied with your life now that you have it. Give that thing away and come follow me. Come and let me be your treasure. Come and let me show you I have so much more to give you. So much more than anything in this world. So much more that. It goes beyond this physical life. Give that thing away. Um, so I, um, in this past year, I I I'm a routine guy. I don't know if any of you guys are routine. I'm a routine and, and a pretty structured person. Uh, like, for I'll give you an example. I've been eating oatmeal, um, a, a cup of oatmeal, a half cup of oatmeal now, and banana and a couple of, two cups of coffee every day for like the last 20 years. Anyone think about us? see that? Thing? So that's, I'm a pretty, you know, boring, you know, boring structured guy, right? And uh, I don't like to travel. Like, for me, I don't know if any of you guys are like me, the perfect vacation is just staying home and having more time to do the things that I normally enjoy. Like, having more time to eat oatmeal every day. You know? <laughs> right? And reading my newspaper. Um, and so... Being at the church I was, was great. I, I loved every single ounce of that experience. And I was so grateful because I was given a place to, to shepherd, a place to, to not only teach, but also a place to be part of a team. right? And so I love, I found so much safety and consistency in the routine of being at a established church. And I still miss it, you know, like, I'm not, again, I don't speak, you know, Mandarin or Cantonese, and this church, we had both Mandarin, and Cantonese, and our English-speaking side. And so there's so many things I miss, you know, I miss, like, um, I miss, you know what I miss? is, uh, you know, uh, Mandarin, I guess there's no, like, he or she, right, in Mandarin, right? And so I don't know if this happens to any of your parents or people here in this church, but they always get the he or she mixed up, you know, so I'm like, oh, my husband, you know, she, she has problems. And I'm like, your husband, who's a she, has problems. Oh, yeah, she's, he or she has problems, you know. Or they, and they, sometimes they need her changes, right? I'm like, you know, oh, what's going on at home, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, my, 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 my daughter, he, he's going through a lot of changes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. You know, so I miss that, right? And I, I don't actually joke around Um, and so you know I missed that interaction and so when when uh, when God was calling us to leave to start our church plan I struggled. struggle I'll tell you how bad I struggled I struggled with it for five years <laughs> and that was the hardest part because God was telling me not because the church I was at was bad it was great I, and that was like the worst part of it because it was great but he was calling me to let that go because I found comfort, I found security, and I found my treasure in a safe, routine place like the church I was at. And let me tell you, I have experienced so a hundredfold, right? That's what Jesus says you know, towards the end of that passage, right? I have experienced a hundredfold, even though there's 12 of us. You know, it's like, I, I, I can't imagine, I can't even describe what and how I've experienced so much more of God and so much more depth to the treasure that he is. And I, I'm telling you, I'm like, it's, it's, uh, it's, um, it's, it's been everything. I mean, there's a lot more to it, but it's been everything. And I'm so grateful that God did challenge me to let that go. So what is it for you? you, Is there something you need to let go of? Right? Maybe it's something very tangible. Maybe like you, you need to make a career change. Or maybe like me, you may need to uh, change locations. Right? Or maybe it's it's a little bit more abstract. Maybe you need to let go of certain thinking. Maybe you need to even surrender uh, how you talk to people. Maybe you need to give up a certain relationship or a certain person in your life. Or maybe you need to start a new relationship with a new friend or whatever. Right? What is God this morning calling you to be? And maybe there's something to, 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 to meditate on and to think about. Let's, let's close. Heavenly Father, we thank you that God, you are a God, not just a God, but you're a loving Father that cares deeply about not only our soul, God, but our hearts. So I pray and ask God that uh, when we have these interactions with you, and at times we feel that there's something you're calling us to leave, that God, you would help us to see whatever it is that you want us to leave. Whatever it is that you want us to give up, it, it, it it's rubbish compared to you, as Paul said. It does not compare to you and what you offer. So thank you for being our treasure. Thank you for uh, just being our everything. We just thank you. Amen.